Hey everyone, I'm Phil Albertelli and this is The Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever. And before we begin, I'd like to give a shout out to my friend, Dumbass Loser, and that's not an insult, that's his YouTube handle, uh, for becoming a Patreon supporter and at a very generous amount. And speaking of Patreon, I finally got off my rear and put out some new bonus content. It was a hour-long unscripted episode in which I talk about some uh, recent horror movies I watched. I talk about the movie Terrifier. That's a very disturbing one, and as I understand it, they just released Terrifier 2, which I haven't seen yet. I talk about the Hellraiser reboot, which was pretty good. I'm a huge Hellraiser fan. Um, I talk about two foreign films, uh, Inside and Goodnight Mommy, and, um, and the English remakes that they did, or English language remakes they did. Um, I talk about, what else? Uh, a movie called Speak No Evil, which ended up being far more disturbing than I had predicted. Um, let's see, a movie called The Lodge. A lot of these movies have uh, very generic titles for some reason. And I also mentioned quickly in passing Halloween Ends. Everyone said it was a horrible film and they were right, so you could probably just steer clear of that one. I won't even waste my breath saying anything more about it, just a bad movie. Bad. <laughs> but anyway, on with the show. And so most of these stories are a bit silly, and actually I'd planned on releasing a couple of them as little bite-sized episodes that would also make for good little YouTube uh, videos, but I didn't get around to doing that, so I'm smushing them all together and turning them into a full-length news story episode. So first up, we have a story that I think... Um, first surfaced maybe about a week or so ago, and it involves actor Tim Allen. And I know Tim Allen leans right, and uh, he says some dumb stuff, but I don't really have anything against Tim Allen. And When I was younger, I actually used to enjoy his stand-up, and uh, I used to enjoy Home Improvement. Uh, but yeah, he does say some dumb stuff about God and religion. Did I just say God? God? How the hell did I say that? I, I, I threw a W in God. Uh, that's probably very New Englandy of me. But anyway, this is a very short clip. He recently made a really dumbass statement. He was talking about how I guess he has a, an older daughter. Not a daughter who's older than him. That would be weird. But he has his one of his older daughters is an atheist. And um, he thought he said something very clever, but it ended up being something very dumb. So I'll play it now. My older daughter's an atheist. And I said, well, philosophically, it's a weird, it's an irony there, too, because atheists don't believe in God. Well, there has to be a God for you not to believe in. And my daughter. You played Santa Claus. Does he exist? And so you could probably tell there was a content creator there commenting on the, uh, the clip at the tail end. And I actually pilfered that clip from the Young Turks, and they uh, pilfered it, I imagine, from that content creator. So kind of meta, a bit of, uh, you know, shades of inception. And in fairness to Tim Allen, he gets cut off pretty quick there, so I'm not sure what he said after it. But if we can take that little chunk on face value, and he stands by that, 
comment, you know, then yeah, it's a silly comment. And yet he says it as if he thinks it's some big brain insight. And so that commenter says, you played Santa Claus, does he exist? And he's making a good point. Just because the concept of something exists doesn't mean that thing actually exists. I mean, choose your mythological creature, leprechauns, unicorns. What about other deities outside of Christianity? Hindus believe in a variety of gods. I mean, does the concept of Ganesh or Shiva or Krishna mean they actually exist in reality? I imagine most Christians would say no. Uh, what about reincarnation? I think there are some exceptions where you do have uh, kind of Christians who might believe in reincarnation or the, the potential for it. But the majority of Christians, I imagine, don't believe in reincarnation. But the concept of it exists. Does that mean it exists in reality? And I think his comment plays into the stereotype that atheists actually know there's a God. They just are mad at him or don't want to believe in him. You know, they haven't thought hard enough about it or something or you know or they haven't thought hard enough about it which I find very insulting because as someone who is raised Catholic and I've talked about this ad nauseum on the show again and again but for me when I was a kid and probably all the way into you know like my late teens the most uh, horrific idea was the idea that there may not be a god and that when you die, that's it. That was absolutely terrifying. Um, and I went through a lot of dark nights of the soul wrestling with that possibility. And I much would have rather believed that there's actually a God in an afterlife. But as I like to say, you know, it's like my reason eroded my faith over time. I thought long and hard about this stuff. And you know, now I'm an agnostic atheist. The agnostic part has to do with, you know, gnosis, knowledge. I don't claim to know that, you know, for certain that there is or isn't a God. And then the atheistic part of the label comes into play because I doubt the existence of a God because I don't see enough compelling evidence. And, um, my atheism kind of waxes or wanes or sw swings weaker or stronger, depending on which particular concept of God we're talking about. If we're talking about some vague notion of some higher power, perhaps uh, an impersonal God or something, maybe my atheism's a little weaker. If we're talking about specific man-made concepts of God and the supernatural faith claims of man-made religions, then my atheism swings harder. Okay, now this story is really silly. This one comes from Only Sky, and it's by Andrew Hall. Uh, it's dated September 27th, and it's entitled, Christian Influencer Gets Holy Water Breast Implants. And so it begins, Christian influencer Emma Antebellum proudly announced on TikTok that she recently got breast implants which are filled with holy water. And here's a quote, my breasts are filled with the Holy Spirit. Breast implants consist of a silicone shell that holds either a silicone gel or saline water. 
Both are considered safe, even though the shell may rupture over time. However, there are growing voices on the possible deleterious health effects they may pose to women. Emma told her fan she was inspired to get breast implants while reading 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And here's a quote. Honoring Jesus with my body means me going from a B cup to a D cup, she said. And you know what? Just as Jesus bought my soul, my super fans purchased these implants. I am so blessed. So the holy water breast implants are just about trying to put more holiness in her body. Has nothing to do with her self-image or <laughs> anything like that, right? Uh, going from a B cup to a D... I'm not sure if that's what Jesus had in mind. <laughs> I mean, if he existed. But, yeah, it's like... And if God is the architect of creation and he made you as he wanted you... Wouldn't that mean he thinks you're perfect with your B cups? You know, what? What not it kind of disrespectful to God to go and kind of Frankenstein up or alter, uh, you know, the body he gave you or whatever? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and her super fans paid for them. Okay, and next, so we have a Christian mom who's afraid that Hocus Pocus 2 is going to unleash hell. A worst case scenario is that you unleash hell on your kids and in your home. It grieves me, the thought of exposing our kids to darkness. The whole movie is based on witches harvesting children for blood sacrifices. I was a little bit scared when I hit post because I was afraid of the reaction that I would get. I believe whatever comes in our TV screens, there are things attached to that. I've seen for myself the things that I've watched with my eyes or heard over a TV screen, they become manifested in, in real life. Everybody thinks it's fake and innocent, but they could be casting any type of spell that they want to. Anything could be coming through that TV screen into your home. You know, it's funny. Here I was getting ready to debunk this lady's statements, but did you guys hear like... Oh, it's a few seconds into it. All of a sudden you hear like a weird little frog ribbit. I actually uh, isolated it. What the hell is that? Maybe she's right. It's a it's a little froggy demon from the Ars Goetia or something. Oh no. Do I have to become a Christian now? Uh, I'm joking. It's probably some weird little sound artifact from the way um, they edited the, uh, the piece or whatever. Uh, <laughs> weird though. But full disclosure, I've never seen the first Hocus Pocus. I have no plans or desire to ever see the second Hocus Pocus. But I seriously doubt that there's any spiritual uh, or supernatural harm that can come from viewing the movies. Uh, first and foremost, because I strongly doubt the existence of the supernatural. Um, so... I think the world is safe from the Hocus Pocus movies, other than um, whatever cringe they may induce upon the viewer. And that's probably not fair, since I've never seen the movies. Are they cringy? I don't know. But her concern that certain movies could open a portal for the demonic, um, it reminds me of when I was a kid. I was born in the 70s, um, grew up in the 80s, into the early 90s, and... Uh, 
Yeah, it reminds me of the satanic panic. And, uh, you know, you had the, there was almost a palpable fear or hysteria in the air, especially you having, having been raised Catholic. You had to watch out for heavy metal music. You had to watch out for uh, Ouija boards and tarot cards and this and that. Uh, it seemed like just about anything could potentially um, open the way for demonic influence. Yeah, it's a very superstitious and paranoid way to view the world, and I'm glad I'm free of that. So as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, I wanted to get in the habit of including a science-related story at the end of each full-length uh, news story episode. And so this week I found a story from Live Science about how the CIA is investing in a uh, biosciences company, in a, temp a company that wants to try to bring back the woolly mammoth and the Tasmanian tiger. What really uh, caught my interest is I've always been fascinated by the, uh, the Tasmanian tiger or thylacine. It's an extinct Australian uh, marsupial that looks um, kind of looks more wolfish that or almost like a canid than it than it does you know a marsupial. Very cool looking animal. It has stripes like a tiger, and there's actually black and white footage you can you can probably find it on YouTube of a thylacine pacing back and forth in its cage, but sadly, they're now extinct. They were hunted to extinction. And uh, I think there's some people who claim, you know, that there's been sightings of them here and there. I don't know what validity there is to that. But the stories of the thylacine has always really saddened me. They're this uh, really fascinating animal and to think of them being hunted to extinction, and just as an animal lover in general, I never like to hear of uh, any animal being, you know, wiped out of existence. And I've also always been fascinated by the woolly mammoth and the idea of bringing one back to life. So once again, this is from Live Science, and it's dated three days ago, and it's entitled, The CIA Wants to Bring Woolly Mammoths Back from Extinction. And it's by Brandon Spector. The CIA is the latest investor in Colossal Biosciences, a company that wants to bring woolly mammoths and Tasmanian tigers back from extinction using DNA editing. The CIA is funding research into resurrecting extinct animals, including the woolly mammoth and tiger-like thylacine, according to news reports. Kinda tiger-like. Kind of canid-like, in appearance at least. Anyway, via a venture capital investment firm called InQtel, which the CIA funds, the American intelligence agency has pledged money to the Texas-based tech company Colossal Biosciences. According to Colossal's website, the company's goal is to quote-unquote see the woolly mammoth thunder upon the tundra once again through the use of genetic engineering, that is, using technology to edit an organism's DNA. Colossal has also stated an interest in resurrecting the extinct thylacine, or Tasmanian tiger, a wolf-like marsupial that went extinct in the 1930s, as well as the extinct dodo bird. 
For their part, the CIA is less interested in thundering mammoths and roaring thylacines than it is in the underlying genetic engineering technology that Colossal intends to develop, according to an InQtel blog post. And here's a quote, strategically, it's less about the mammoths and more about the capability, InQtel's senior officials wrote. De-extinction may sound like science fiction, and to an extent it is. There's no way to bring back the woolly mammoth, as it was 10,000 years ago. However, by using DNA editing tools, scientists can insert cold-resistant characteristics into the DNA sequences of modern elephants, making them genetically similar to woolly mammoths. The resulting creature wouldn't be a mammoth, per se. Rather, it would be a proxy animal that's more like an elephant with mammoth-like characteristics. The foundation of this process is a gene editing method called CRISPR, genetic quote-unquote scissors, that scientists can use to cut, paste, and replace specific gene sequences into an organism's DNA. Several of the researchers behind CRISPR won the 2020 Nobel Prize in Chemistry. According to the InQtel blog post, investing in this project will help the U.S. government to, in quotes, set the ethical as well as the technological standards for genetic engineering technology and keep the U.S. a step ahead of competing nations that may also be interested in reading, writing, and altering genetic code. Not everyone is so optimistic about using genetic engineering tools to revive extinct animals. Critics have warned that if a company is able to engineer a healthy proxy mammoth, the mammoth's natural habitat no longer exists. And even if it did, genetic code cannot teach an animal how to thrive in an unfamiliar ecosystem, according to Gizmodo. <clears throat> according to Gizmodo, okay. Some scientists also argue that money spent on de-extinction projects could go much further if applied to the conservation of living animals. And I have to admit, it kind of bums me out that it seems like cheating. It wouldn't be an actual mammoth. I was under the impression that we found so many soft tissue samples of, uh, of woolly mammoths that we would somehow take DNA from them and use it to you know, put it into an elephant egg or something like that. But I just looked it up, and apparently we still don't, despite all the woolly mammoth specimens we found, um, we still don't have uh, um, any intact or viable DNA to be able to reproduce them that way. So that's a bummer. But I think the uh, thylacine, actually, we actually would be bringing it back. And uh, I'm just reading here from Scientific American. The thylacine is the perfect candidate for de-extinction uh, because it died out relatively recently. Good quality DNA is available. So I think my verdict is it would actually be unethical to do to elephants what they're talking about. We're not even using mammoth DNA. So you're just monkeying around with uh, elephant DNA and editing it and what, then you're going to try to see if elephants can survive in the cold or what? I don't like that. But I do think it is ethical to bring back the thylacine since we hunted them to extinction and we have actual viable thylacine DNA. I say bring them back. It would just scientifically it would just be amazing too. Um, but with that being said, I was also, I, 
instead of this story, I almost covered a story that's been in the news about scientists taking human brain cells and putting them into the brain of a rat. And the rat's brains actually successfully assimilated the human brain cells. And I was kind of thinking jokingly to myself or, oh, you know, here comes uh, Master Splinter or whatever from the uh, Ninja Turtles. It's Splinter who's the big rat guy, right? The martial arts uh, teacher. It's Shredder who's the villain. Okay. Anyway, I was never big into the turtles growing up. I know enough about them just because they're such a big part of uh, pop culture. (laughs) Bad, long way for a bad joke. Anyway, as always, thank you for listening, everyone. You guys know the drill. You can like the Facebook page. You can follow the show on Twitter, even though I'm not on there much. You can check out the YouTube channel. Maybe you're doing that now. And if you'd like to support the show monetarily, which would be greatly appreciated, you can go to patreon.com slash the weekend out and help support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. All right, brothers and sisters, until next time.